Blame it on the alcohol. Blame it on the caramelization of the seeds. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 34 of the I Brew My Own Coffee podcast. We are the podcast for people who care about coffee. I am your host, Brian Bikey, and joining me, as always, the man formerly known for his mustache, Brian Sheely. Hello, everybody. Hello, Brian. What's up, man? I, not too much, man. I just, I know you, you uh, put a new picture on, on Twitter, and a lot of people were, were just surprised as if it's been a long time since you've had your face groomed. It's really funny. Yeah, I had a lot of people like, oh, man, you just shaved. I'm like, well, yeah, I haven't had a mustache for like six months, so. Right. Brian, congratulations. What? On, about what? Today is your day. Is it? You're off to great places. You're off and away. You have camping stoves in your truck bed. You have Gore-Tex in your shoes. You can catch the aroma any direction you brew. You're on your own, and you know what you know? And they are the girls whose site is in the show notes and who we're talking about today. The girls from the places we brew. We have Bethany Hargrove. And we also have Megan O'Connell. Welcome to the show. Hello. Ladies, thank you for joining us on the podcast tonight. Thanks for having us. Thank you for inviting us. The places we brew, uh, and we'll get into it a little bit more, is basically you all just brewing coffee any which way, any which a place, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, actually, how long I've been following you guys because of the places we brew. What? Um, I think I found I I stumbled across it like a year and a half ago on Tumblr, and oh, yeah. uh, I've been kind of creeping in the shadows, like watching you guys brew in different places and stuff. All the all the things you guys have been posting, well, I very like cool that. stuff, enjoyable for sure. And knowing Thank what you. what to and not to do when brewing on a dock. Oh yeah, <laughs> important. <laughs> uh, don't oh, drink the river. One. No, That's important. don't drink the milk that you find in the river. Right. <laughs> Both of those things uh, yes. are not recommended. All right. We, we typically start the show by asking what we've been brewing, and we like to put our guests on that seat first. So either one of you, if you want to jump in and talk a little bit about something you might have been brewing recently. Sure. I have a couple. Um, I have uh, quite a bit of coffee left over from uh, the barista competition in Kansas City last week. So I've been brewing a lot of my own. It's a Roseline coffee. It's a Colombia Fincola Primavera. It's beautiful, lots of structure, lots of red, red fruit. Um, my other favorite that I picked up last week in Kansas City is from Olympia Coffee Roasting. And uh, my buddy Alex Chopin actually placed sixth in the Western Conference Brewers Cup with it. It's Olympia's uh, Kenya Kiyunyu AA. It's really lovely. How have you been uh, brewing either of those coffees that you've been um, at home, I kind of swap back and forth between V60s and Kalita Waves, uh, depending on which I have more filters of. That's the, that's the most popular <laughs> answer all the time. It's like, um, I don't really choose based on taste. I choose based on which one I have the I most have filters. The most of. Yeah, you stole my answer because that's exactly what I am drinking, too. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. sweet. I love that. But I'm also drinking my competition coffee, which was roasted by... Nosa Familia, and it's the Finca Maputo, which is kind of a popular coffee right now, and everybody had it there, but um, yeah, it's a really great coffee. That was the coffee that I brewed this morning from Nosa Familia in my office. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's insane. Yeah. It, it was very, very good. Um, what was your brew method uh, during the Brewer's Cup? Well, of course, Kalita. 
Well, of course. Is that a coffee from Ecuador? Yes. Definitely a solid coffee. All right, Brian, how about you? Did you pick this coffee, Brian, in a previous episode? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I was going to pick it for this episode, and then you stole twinsies. it from me. Um, Go for it. So I had, you just want me to butcher the name. I want to hear you pronounce it. Uh, Kuto, Ethiopia, from Spy House Roasters. So this was their Good Food Award winning coffee, and the tasting notes on the website looked a little odd to me. Um, they do. With grilled pineapple and nutmeg and Brian. You picked it up first, and you said that it was really great. And so I got it based off of that, and it's been awesome. So I brewed it yesterday, most specifically on the Chemex, and that has been my favorite so far, which is interesting because I haven't had a lot of Chemex brews lately just really blow me away. Usually it's a different device, but, man, that Chemex was killer. I just I got up from my desk at work. I just sat in this little more comfy chair at work, and I just sat there and just drank that cup. Um, that's legit. It was super complex. It, it close, most closely reminded me, and I know it's been a long time since though, but it just took me back immediately to Spy House's Japot of last year, mm. which was crazy good also. Um, and then as it cooled, and I was talking to you, Brian, online a little bit about this, but I, if I had this on a cupping table and we were like 20, 23 minutes into the cupping, I would have a hard time not being like, yeah, that's probably a, a geisha on the table because it just oh, had that's so sick. it had a lot of yeah. those really great characteristics to it. It it reminded me as as of an Esmeralda f- uh, for I don't even know if I can describe why it did, but there are characteristics of like a La Esmeralda geisha that that it had similarities to some of those really sweet, juicy fruits that are candied and really great florals and a great linger and some nice you know citrus and it just everything it was really complex is awesome so that's been like my jam my total my total strawberry jam so my coffee this week is the commonwealth carmen estate geisha mm, preach um which i didn't realize was a good food awards finalist uh, is that the one that Ryan Fisher brewed up yes. at Pop last week? Yes, I believe it is. Legit. Yeah, it's super yummy. Uh, w- what was really cool about it? So I've been enjoying it most recently on the V60 um, at home, but uh, week. It- oh come on, V60. <laughs> That's all you ever do. <laughs> God, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's right. Boom. See, there you go. I'm I'm with Bethany on this one. So. Uh, the Commonwealth Geisha, the uh, Carmen Estate Geisha, if I closed my eyes drinking it right out of the chute after it was like really hot, I would have thought it was oolong tea. Um, it just had that really, really prominent oolong tea note to it. Um, and then it cooled and it got really sort of floral and almost all the way like until it was just room temperature, it was like pears or apple, sort of that, that kind of acidity. Um, that sounds real nice. Juicy. Yeah, it was it was great. And I love coffees that do that where they kind of start out in one lighter place and then they kind of just deepen and get really drinkable as they cool. Well, any um, coffee that has a really fascinating evolution through the cup, I'm into it. Yeah. So this uh, this one was definitely one of those coffees and I enjoyed it quite a bit. So we're into the episode here and uh, we're going to talk with these fine ladies about uh, brewing coffee outside. Um, Coffee is 
definitely not something that's constrained to a coffee shop or to (laughs) there you go preach it and to a uh to even to your kitchen um coffee is also able to be enjoyed out in the great outdoors um whether you're like backpacking or hiking or i guess hiking and backpacking are kind of the same thing no dude one has Um, a backpack and the other one totally doesn't that's true oh snap i never take a backpack when i go hiking there you go. Okay, so That's hiking or backpacking. Camping or biking. Uh, basically, you can brew coffee wherever you're at. Um, and so we're going to talk to the ladies of the places we brew about how they brew coffee outdoors. But before we get in, there's probably a lot of our listeners who don't know who you guys are. Let's start off and give a little bit of background about who y'all are and how you got into coffee, what you're up to now. Um, let's go ahead and start with Megan. How'd you get into coffee? Oh, I don't know. I think when I was 16, I walked into this coffee shop and I kind of just like, I'd never really been into a coffee shop before. And I just had this like overwhelming feeling of like, this is where I should be. So I just started the long journey of trying to find out if I actually liked mochas or not, which I didn't. I don't like mochas still to this day. Um, but I... I wanted to know why I liked coffee, but I always hated coffee in most coffee shops. So that's how I got into specialty coffee. I guess I started my real journey in Portland, Oregon using Hairbender. So that's pretty much it, I guess. Shout out to Hairbender. Yeah. I haven't had that in a minute. Literally, I just made it a minute ago when I had some. Yeah, it it was so good, wasn't (laughs) it? It It's just like you remembered. So what are you up to now? Um, Are you... Oh yeah, that's still wor- you're still working in coffee, obviously. Yeah, I work at Empire State South in Atlanta, Georgia. What up? Yeah, you're the first coffee shop I've ever heard of in Atlanta. I'm not gonna lie. Is that bad? Uh, we're a fine dining establishment that also acts as a coffee shop. Oh. So we do coffee and breakfast service in the morning times, and we do tableside coffee all throughout the night. But yeah, we have a counterculture account. We use uh, we're like a multi roaster, so we have. George Howell on. We have Intelligentsia, Four Barrel. So we rotate them. Nice. Uh, so that's a solid lineup. Yeah. Obviously, as you've already mentioned, you were um, you were involved in the uh, coffee competitions over the last week. Yes. Um, yes. How I was. was how was that? Was that your first experience competing? No, or it was my first experience actually getting to present my own presentation. Oh, that's um, right. Because the the um, compulsory was yeah. the only round that, unless you passed it previously. Yeah. So I, the first time I did it, I was seventh place in the compulsory, and it's a sore topic for me. I won't get into it, but um, for the competition this time, um, didn't do so well, mostly because I let the stress and anxiety get to my head, and I actually didn't have a presentation, so kind of just was pointless that I prepared this fine coffee and then I went up there and I literally lost all of my words. So that was my experience. Next year, can I be your hype man? And just like get you in that zone? Yes. Please. I'll just be on the side. I and I'm Like that. I almost did it this year, but I, you know, I'll just be like, I'll just be there and you'll be like, I can't forget anything. Cause I'm like, so in the zone. Yeah. Uh, I need more of those types of people. Like I had a lot of people helping me. I even had like an acting coach to help me like get the confidence. But when it came down to it, I didn't memorize any kind of script or any kind of thing. And I'm just like, well, I'll just go out there and ad lib. And of course I knew myself and my nerves that would not allow me to like think of things. So I barely even formed complete sentences. It was kind of awful. 
Yeah, that sounds like a pretty stressful situation. But hey, you know, if uh, next year Brian and I grab our pom-poms, hopefully things will go a little bit better for you. Yeah. All right, so Bethany, let's uh, move on to you. How did you get started into coffee, and what are you up to now? Long story short, there was a cool coffee shop in the downtown of the small town I grew up in, and I wanted to work there because it was cool. So I managed to get hired there, and it turned out it was a really awesome place to work. Um, The owners, the former owners, um, they recently sold the business, are still some of my closest friends and mentors, Um, and they always encouraged me to, you know, pursue what I wanted to pursue, and what I wanted to pursue was to be the best at the coffees. Um, So... After I worked at that shop for about a year and a half, I moved up to Portland. I worked for the Fresh Pot, an old school cafe, for like two years. It was a great, great experience. Pulled a lot of shots of Hairbender. <laughs> Shout out to Hairbender. This episode of the Ivory My Own Coffee podcast is sponsored. Man, sponsored I haven't had a Hairbender hair in like four minutes. <laughs> you know, I had a Hairbender about five months ago, and it was like, man, it was like liquid nostalgia. I was into it. Wow. Um, But so the first time I competed, the 2014 season, I was with the Fresh Pot. um, And now I am working for Barista, the cafes in Portland. Um, I am a barista there and I also am the educator. It's a really great gig and I like it a lot. And you are, you're also into the latte art side of things as well. That is true. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. Latte art is where you can win cash money. That is the truth. Dagnabbit. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so (laughs) coming in second in last year's coffee fest for latte art was probably a pretty big accomplishment. And then you also competed this year in the barista qualifying event. How was that? How'd that go for you? It was a very good experience. I had a few goals in mind when I chose to compete again. Most of them had to do with the training process. I wanted to train smarter, not harder, and have a smarter work-life balance, and also lean more on the people that I have around me who know what they're about as far as competition goes. So I had a really great team of people supporting me, and um, before we even got on the plane to Kansas City, I had already accomplished most of my goals. Um, my final goal was to, uh, score higher than I did last time I competed. And I also accomplished that goal. Did you have a bonus goal of having like an awesome shot of you taking spritzing that glass? Because you definitely Uh, achieved that one. Well, shout out to Liz Chai for that pick. No kidding. The light in it is, it was money. It was a money picture. Yeah. Well, the best Um, thing is when you go back and watch the live stream, like, you see her back there, like shooting that shot, and it doesn't look like it would be a very cool shot, like from watching the live stream. And well, then you right, just... because the live stream, the cameras are on the wrong side to catch the light. Yeah, exactly. But um, no, I actually I did have one more goal. I was planning on um, during my competition time, like figuring out who was photographing for Sprudge and look straight at them and wink during my <laughs> competition time. But then once I hit the clock, like I was just in the zone and I was too focused and I didn't manage to do that. So, well, okay. So aside from the competitions, which, you know, are, is a hot topic and everybody's kind of still coming off of, of all the cool stuff that happened last week. We're talking about on this episode, brewing coffee outside, you know, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and so maybe it'd be a good idea just to get kind of a little bit of backstory. How do you guys, like, how did you guys get started doing this? Because if you don't know and you haven't visited yet, um, the places we brew.tumblr.com, uh, you know, you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page like years ago, however long ago that was, oh where you guys first started doing this. Was it 2013, maybe? I think so. Yeah, I think that was the first summer that we started hanging out, so it would have been 2013. So how did this all start? Like, how did you guys get this idea or have this have this sort of passion for being outside and brewing coffee? Well, it was actually Megan's idea. No, it was your idea. Respect. No Respect. way. No, it was Bethany's idea. Well, so... I've always loved hiking. Like, I grew up in Oregon. Like, there's nothing really to do here except for play outside. So, and I love coffee. But, no, I swear it was Megan's idea because we were trying to win um, that photo contest to get a trip to barista camp. And she was like, I have this idea to get really cool pics where people will, you know, give us all of the votes and then one of us will go to barista camp. And so... At the time, like, our system wasn't very refined, so we just, like, carried a huge box of (laughs) brewing shit up to this waterfall, and, like, we took so many pics and, like, had the best time, and, like, we gave coffee to people who were walking around the waterfall with us, and we were just like, yeah, that was fun. Wow, this could, this could be a thing that we do. We didn't win the trip. To we could be those camp, creepy no. people right around the bend of the waterfall, giving you coffee when you show up. Yes. And the thing is, people loved they it. They loved it. Do you it. remember how stoked they were? They thought we were so cool. We were just like, we don't even know that we brewed it right. <laughs> right. We didn't have scales. Like our hand grinders weren't calibrated, and the on mine, one of the burrs was like half broken. Yeah, I remember that. It was a gnarly start, but it was it was a good it was a good day. But the pictures, man. The pictures were good. You got a bunch of pictures, you know, you brought all of your brewing gear out to the waterfall, right? And then at what point were you guys like, let's do that again? Every time? <laughs> no, there's something really, really lovely about being outside and having the smell of coffee grinding, like, right in your face. And then there's something even more lovely about having the smell of brewing coffee right in your face when you're outside. You know how when you're camping and you cook food over the open fire... And it just tastes better than any other food. Mm-hmm. That's what brewing coffee outside is like. Yeah, but it's also just like you're you're hiking or you're going out in nature and you want to sit there and enjoy it. And it's like, well, what could make this better? Well, drinking coffee. Just sitting exactly. and drinking coffee. Like, why wouldn't you want to have coffee at the beach or at the waterfall or on the mountain? Like, I don't know. It just made sense to us. So you guys were like always just making plans to go hiking and things like that. And then, well, this was actually one of the first hikes that we went on together. I think it was um, the very first one. It was the very first. Okay. I thought so. Um, because we had met at a throwdown and then started talking and then, you know how, when you're friends with someone and they're like, Oh, they're a coffee friend, but then they cross the line and then they're like a coffee friend and a real life friend. Mm hmm. Um, this first hike and this first outside brew, like, that was that moment, I think. Yeah. It was chill. I was into it. Ditto. I remember seeing the hashtag you guys used to post on, on a lot of your photos from back in the day, your hashtag brewmance. Yes. Oh, brewmance was a good one. Yeah. Going through a lot of your pictures, though, 
I imagine you guys have plenty of interesting stories about like brewing coffee outside. <laughs> um, so oh yeah. <laughs> what were some What were some totally memorable like outdoor brewing experiences for you guys, uh, wherever you found yourself at? So, we were on this hike in the Columbia River Gorge with our friend Jason, and um, I think it was called Cape Horn. And we get up to the top, and we'd packed up like our method still wasn't very refined. So we'd packed up a bunch of water and, um, you know, all the cups and filters and everything. And the first cup we brew, I don't remember who it was, but it just, like, got completely knocked over onto the ground. And so it's just there, like, slowly dripping over the edge of this cliff, and we're just looking at it, and it was really bad. Do you guys ever have to, like improvise or go like macgyver style with anything when you oh while you're gosh. brewing oh all the time all the time uh this i did this with another friend it wasn't with bethany but um i totally had to like hold the filter up because i didn't have a brewing device and i was just trying to like not scald my hand while i was brewing so coffee it's dedication i can imagine you find totally a little uh, tree and it's got a little bitty branch that forks out and you just like poke a hole in one filter and poke a hole in the other one it just it's just hanging there like six yeah, feet in the air and you're just you got a kettle up there and a mug underneath it just that was gonna be my brewer's cup routine <laughs> i just there was no clothesline like i asked them to have and i just lost it all yep you think i'm joking <laughs> So that'd be a really cool routine, by the way. Yeah. You walk up there with like a giant log and set it down on the table. <laughs> you throw <laughs> dirt in their face. There we go, guys. Oh, yeah. so good. You guys are obviously experienced with, you know, being outdoors and brewing coffee. So walk us through sort of like what it takes. Like, what are you guys actually packing? Um, obviously, it sounds like the very first time you did this, you weren't very good at packing. Nope. Uh, no. With your entire giant huge box I think we of, had like of your stuff three boxes <laughs> do you had three boxes we had like a box a bag and a book bag why did we do that <laughs> for the instagram i would imagine over time you you sort of refined your packing no man strategy. over time they just started leaving stuff places so it was always there yeah. when they go back <laughs> amen <laughs> we had the birds summon the the kalita well, yeah, you know how you know how Disney princesses have like really good relationships with wildlife, right? Yeah, like that's who Megan O'Connell is. Yeah, you don't even know. <laughs> so, and while things have have changed a bit since you guys first got started with your uh, three hundred boxes, how how does packing <laughs> and preparing, you know, for this look? Well, we started using smaller like propane bottles i guess they're easier uh to use and then also if you just put your grounds in like either a tiny little bag or like even in the mason jar that you can actually brew into just like consolidating how many things you actually need like smaller grinders we would have these big bulky like hand grinders and now we have smaller ones that fit well into other devices so yeah consolidating and figuring out how to use things for more than one use um that was the first step that really was good so uh, i mean it started out yeah get a smaller propane bottle like get a smaller camp stove because our first camp stove was just huge it was ridiculous um, my setup now, I have a couple different ones that I really like. Um, one, I 
have a carabiner that I clip um, my camp mug and my Kalita Wave to, and then that can just clip on the outside of a backpack. That's one of my favorite ways to uh, to carry around camp cups. Um, and then a Porlex hand grinder that can tuck inside of a shoe or, you know, anywhere outside of a backpack. Super compact. Um, I've recently been moving away from carrying a kettle around with me outside because it's uh, it's really bulky and, you know, it, it helps a lot with the quality and I really enjoy brewing with a kettle and, yeah, it's Instagrammable. Let's be real. Um, but if you're going for real space saving, like, you should be able to pour coffee pretty slow from the side of whatever you have to heat water with. And so if you're going out hiking with the specific intention of, I want to brew a cup of coffee at the end, totally take your kettle, like stuff your coffee inside of it, take a bottle of water. Do not forget to take water and do not forget to take a vessel to brew into because those are both mistakes that I have made in my quest to downsize. So <laughs> those are some of my favorite setups. With some of those things that you bring and kind of hitting on your last subject of, or what you just mentioned about uh, like a, a server or cups or whatever, I, what sort of things should you leave behind or maybe even what brew methods work best? With what you're saying and not to spoil, but going back through some pictures, I'm going to assume a Chemex is not your most preferred method of bringing out and about a chemex is a mistake oh, definitely i'm not. gonna say that right now yeah. if you want to cry <laughs> throughout the whole entire way back definitely bring oh, a definitely if you want to be sad bring a chemex um honestly anything that's breakable i leave it at home so as far as my kalita wave goes i like the stainless steel one mm-hmm. um i also my other um two favorite travel brewing methods are an aeropress because Um, you kind of can't screw it up and it's really easy to just freestyle. Like you can just brew it, like no scale, no timer. You can just kind of use what you know about brewing coffee to make it taste good. Um, I also am a a huge fan of, uh, Snow Peak has this collapsible coffee brewer that, um, is actually how I got into brewing V60s because it's like that only it collapses down flat. I'm into those. Is that that metal sort of yeah transformer looking yeah. method that I've seen. I've seen that in a holiday gift uh, pack from Stumptown with a bag of hairbender. Shout out to hairbender. Yeah. Hey, How many up? times can we refer this to this episode is going to be uh, dubbed as the hairbender drinking. Game I need episode. some sponsorships. Well, so here's the deal. <laughs> You're talking to a couple of people who got their coffee start in Portland. Like, you got to shout out to Hairbender. Yeah. So does that brew method actually just take like standard V60 filters? Yeah. Um, wow. I've also used Chemex filters with it, but I really <laughs> hate Chemex filters, so I don't recommend it. And uh, so actually, this is a good question. So Megan, you were like super on board with your love of the, uh, of the Kalita earlier. Yes. So how do you get the filters out there without monkeying them up great question i put them into a cup uh the cup that i'm usually going to be brewing into they're kind of i use more narrow cups so they kind of can go inside and not lose their shape that's what i do nice i keep a an enamel cup at home that i keep my filters in and it's awesome for the shape and those are easy to clip on a carabiner 
and take with you. And then you could just stuff, yeah, stuff the filters into the cup, clip it onto your carabiner, you're all ready to go. What are those sustainable, like, plastic-to-go cups? They're always at all the coffee conventions and, like... Cafe Ladro in Seattle sells yes, a lot have of them. them. Yes, that whatever that brand is, like, I stock up every at every coffee fest, every convention. I, like, take at least 10 from them. And those are the cups that I really like to travel with because they're kind of awesome. They come in lots of different sizes and colors. And, if and it's I not lose the biggest it, bummer if you forget yeah, it. If I lose it, I lose it. Have I any of you all seen the Caflano Coffee Brewer? I have not. Okay, so I've not used it, but I've seen it. I've been following them online, and I'm going to link in the show notes to the Sprudge article, too, that came out in October. So this device, just imagine like a travel cup, okay? So it's it's it, mm-hmm. you screw it on, it's, it's closed, okay? You, the lid, you screw off the lid, and it has a little hole in the side for a controlled flow, okay? So inside inside of that, uh, the base would be used like a cup, like a tumbler. And then there's a piece in the middle that is a metal filter cone. And then sitting, what sits on top of that is a, another middle part that is a burr grinder. So it collapses all in one, all in one as a closed tumbler, awesome. a little, a little Shut metal, up. I mean, a little lid with a hole with a, pe- uh, a hole in it. So that? you can put hot water in it and then drip it slowly over and then, um, you know, you, you so basically you grind your coffee directly into the cone and then you pour with the lid, you know, hot water in the lid controlled with the little hole over that and then take That's all those parts so off and legit. drink it. I'm not, it. I'll I'll link it to you all right now just so yeah, you see please. it. Thank you. While we're on the show. Finally. Since we're talking about brewing on the go, we're not here sitting here saying, Oh, the burr quality of this grinder is gonna be up to blank standards. You know, we're not Whatever. we're not talking that right now. So I'm just giving you something of convenience like I don't. I don't know that it has right. a loophole. Well, like, yeah, you could always just put like a Velcro strap That's around honestly... it and give it a loophole, right? And clip it on. Right. So right. then, looks... it basically, boom, one clip, everything's on, and all you need is some way to heat water. Do they know yeah. about us? Like, we could be posting Instagrams of this so I, hard. Like, I don't know, but after, <laughs> I imagine after the episode, comment, usually though. people are like, "Hey, do I, I have traffic from somewhere, so we'll we'll see." Hashtag guess I would promote your company. <laughs> I do. I'm not lying. I do want one of these really bad. I think it's really cool. So no, those are super, super dope. I have one complaint though, and that is that I would want to add a paper filter into that. I think I've seen. We I think I've seen that. We you can, can figure that out. You could do a. You could do a paper filter just right into the cone because it's 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 a cone, right? That's super tight. I'd be willing to try it. I would try an AeroPress filter in that actually, based on what I can see about the size and shape. Megan, remember the time we uh, forgot Kalita filters? Yes. All we had, all we had was um, a Kalita wave and like a bunch of AeroPress filters <laughs> yes. that were floating around like the trunk of my car or something. <laughs> oh, and then yes, oh, I remember that. And so we ended up using like five AeroPress filters, like lining the Kalita wave. Totally done that and before. We had to pour. <laughs> we had to pour so slow and so careful to not like move them around but it actually worked really well i remember when you pulled that trick out and showed jared gum and mike cannon and they were like freaking out like you can't do that you can't do that (laughs) i find it really interesting that like you know two very quality focused professionals here are like totally cool 
with basically what most people would consider to be like a subpar coffee experience. Well, because some coffee is better than no coffee. Exactly. And I, and I think a lot of people get really, you know, like you got to travel out into the woods with your your EK or something like that. I mean, or, or, you know, people seem to kind of have this like mindset that coffee always has to be perfect all of the time. It's like, well, you know, in these cases, in traveling and in being outdoors, it's it's less about the quality of the coffee and more about the experience of, of being out there. Yeah, totally. Because it's it's the whole package, right? And obviously, if your coffee is better, then you're going to enjoy the experience more, which is why I still hand grind when I'm out in the world um, instead of, you know, grinding on my virtuoso at home and taking um, ground coffee out into the woods with me. I still prefer hand grinding, partly because of the ritual and partly because it really does make a difference. However, it's, it's still, I stand what I said before, some coffee is better than no coffee. And if you don't have a hand grinder, grind it before you go out into the woods. Do that. I actually, I, I was on a discussion with some friends about, uh, backpacking people taking coffee out on backpacking on Twitter and, um, you know, we got in this whole discussion about like vacuum sealing coffee because, you know, one guy had like a, a food saver at home. And, that's pretty legit. And we got into this whole discussion because I actually that's what I do for my office coffee. I'll bring yeah. coffee into the office and I, you know, I grind it on my forte at home and I throw it in big wide mouth glass mason jars, vacuum seal it with the little vacuum seal attachment and, uh, you know, boom, it's ready to go. And that would be even something that you could do, like taking it out into the woods or. Oh, yeah. You know, backpacking. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. It's kind of like the God shot, you know, like everybody thinks that every shot has to be a God shot, but how many of them actually are? It's like, why does everybody think that each cup has to be like the most perfect poured geisha? Like sometimes you just want to drink a really great cup of coffee and it has nothing to do with like the fact that you pre-ground your beans or that you just ground them. Like sometimes like those little subtleties don't even like. You don't notice it. You, you're outside. You're having a great time. Are you really thinking about like, oh, this is pre-ground? Like, no, you're not thinking that. Well, um, Sam Lewontin said it best. Uh, I think it was last year or two years ago, um, his closing statement in his competition routine. Sometimes coffee is just coffee. Yeah. yeah. Preach. And praise the Lord, right? Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So if I could share uh, one of my I, – I don't – I'm I'm – basically, you know, a nocturnal albino. Like I don't go outside. I'm, I'm pretty much inside all the time. I've, you know, live in Phoenix. It's 120 something degrees all the time out it's here. Gross. So when I do actually go outside, um, a year ago or so, I took a camping trip and yeah, I went out. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I no go picks, out no into proof. the woods with, you know, this very intentional purpose of like, you know, I brought all my equipment. I brought everything to go like brew coffee outside. Axe. I nice. did. I had an axe. Ooh, um, that sounds I made great. A, I made a video of my experience. So sort of like you guys with your uh, three boxes of coffee <laughs> accessories. Like I had my, you know, tripod and camera and all of the stuff that I had. Anyway, so I get all the way out there, you know, and I'm brewing coffee and, and I made an AeroPress of uh, coffee from Ruby. And, nice. you know, I ground it all up, got everything ready to go. And I go to fire up my my camp stove and oh i guess i just decided that i didn't need to test it out before i actually mm. got out there oh boy 
And um, yeah, the none of the fittings actually fit together, so there was no oh, man. There was no possible way without me just like exploding the propane tank oh, no. for me to have Should've hot water it. at that moment. Oh, yeah. And so here I am, like I had made you know all of this video up to this point, and I'm like, well, I'm just gonna go for it. And so I made I you know there I am with my kettle, and I'm pouring into the aeropress like freezing cold water. <laughs> And so oh, at the very end, there. like you see me kind of sitting there on the, on the, on the, uh, the stump and I'm drinking the coffee. Right. And I cut it at, at the moment, like right when I was done drinking. And then right after that, that frame where I cut it, I like spit the whole thing out. <laughs> so I have this, I have this really funny outtake of that experience, but no, it's funny. And, and believe it or not, I actually did drink the rest of the AeroPress while I was out there. Dedication, man. You know. Well, I mean, it, surprisingly enough, it wasn't terrible, you know, and that was actually like to to this whole point that we were talking about. And you don't want to waste coffee. No. Exactly. Like sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's just coffee. Sometimes there's, you know, it's just better than nothing. Um, yeah. And so, man, if I wasn't like drinking a, a really delicious ice cold AeroPress while I was out there. <laughs> But man, I came out with it with a really good video. So, oh, oh, I need to see it. We'll we'll link it in thank the show you. notes. Oh, I'm sure. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I may have seen that one actually. Yeah, I think I saw <laughs> that one. Um, one of my favorites was uh, last Christmas break. I was home in Central Oregon visiting my parents, and uh, my dad and I decided to go at the, on this hike at Smith Rock, and it's a it's a pretty decent hike. Like we were planning on it taking five hours or so, and. Uh, but we had a timeline. Like, we had to be back to the house in a certain amount of time. So we start hiking. And I've got all my brew stuff because uh, my dad is my self-declared number one fan. Shout out to dads. Um, and he was really into, like, helping me, you know, set up uh, outdoor brews. Um, so we make it about 45 minutes away from the car. And I stopped dead in my tracks. I'm like, Dad, I didn't bring anything to brew into. And so... We're like, we're standing there in the middle of the trail, like trying to figure out like, what can we do? We don't have time to go back to the car and get something. Um, We don't have really much with us. There's no like ranger station or anything. It's Smith Rock. Um, So eventually I figured out we had like these metal um, water bottles that we were carrying our, we were carrying around and, um, the mouth on one of them was just wide enough for the base of my snow peak dripper. Hey. So nice. there it was. It was like, all right, we can do it. Have you all heard of sudden coffee? Uh, no. No, I haven't. Okay. So this guy, I'm going to, I'm going to mess it up. It's, uh, like something out of Finland or he's from, he's like a Finnish, um, like barista champ or something. And, He's like in San Francisco and he's making these super small batch of coffees where I guess he like pulls shots of espresso and then quickly like like freeze dries them or something and then like dehydrates it or whatever. And so he has these tubes that you just add water to and coffee. There's no there's no anything like it's not about. Huh. It's not about letting it sit for a certain time. It's, wow. it's it just is coffee. That's crazy. 
I would love to try that because that sounds like dangerously similar to a K cup to me. No, ma'am. This is, but it's special. I would well, love well, to try similar, it. But this is—he's using Saint Frank and Four Barrel and Ritual. Oh, shut up! And yeah, I want—I want that into I my. Just, no, I, I in my mind, I'm like tasting it. Like that sounds really. Seth cool. Mills uh, got some, and he's—he's he's like. It would be basically like an americano. And then I even saw uh, Brian Jones had posted. Uh, somebody had linked it, I guess, on a, on Facebook, like the. Um, the third wave group or something like that. And he's like, no, I think he, he's like, I've tried it. I think he's on to something, you know, and it's just, it's still really early. So, uh, that's intriguing. And again, it, it, there's pros and cons, right? One, it takes away from some of that fun factor, a kind of like brewing out, but at the same instance, like it, for what you're saying in terms of you just want a good cup while you're out, you know, it also lends to that side of it. Well, and it depends on what your priorities are, right? Because for me, half the fun is the ritual, right? And the other half of the fun is having a nice cup of coffee. But if you're a person whose priority is to have a nice cup of coffee. Or if you want to back up when you've forgotten all of that other crap back at the car. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's like essentially he's trying to redefine um, instant coffee. Right. But but to specialty... it, no, but like way better, but way obviously. better, with well, like real science and not chemicals. Yeah, well, real well maybe a little. And not like sketchy, like crappy. Yeah, dehydrated, weird, whatever. Kind of going back to like to the normal side of things. Um, <laughs> Brian has been Brian. You've actually been using um, the Kalita Cantan I have. a lot. Oh um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that because that sounds like it could be. An interesting yeah, backup. This option. is something I take with me whenever I go out, whether it be hiking or whether I'm just traveling, uh, because the pouch you you buy a pack of them and there's thirty of them in there and they're disposable, which is not the best, right? That you're just uh, tossing it, and I'm sure that there it, it it's probably recyclable or compostable or something. I've but I couldn't tell you that right now. It's cardboard and paper, right? right? Yeah. yeah, and um. It's they're just pop ups, right? So you just bloop bloop. And what's nice about it is the size of which the the pop out basket is, because you'll just do little pulse pours, and it controls how much you can put in there. So that kind of regulates to when you have the right grind that it just when you're done with your brew, it's extracted properly, and you've not you've not had too much water sitting on your brew bed. You know what I mean? You're just always yeah. agitating, and only to you know. 30 grams at a time or something like that. And then yeah. it's there. I've found the brew results of them to be great. So I, I do have to give them a little rinse because they taste kind of what I call Kalita E. Yeah, so, yeah. but man, the results have been nice and it's a great little thing to travel. I've been able to put that over like a keep cup or over a, mm-hmm. a travel thermos or any. Yeah, that sounds like it'd be really great for road trips. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, we're sort of talking about like outdoor coffee, bringing your, you know, your uh, camping stove and all that other stuff potentially while you're backpacking or whatever. Um, but a lot of these same principles even apply to uh, like travel coffee just in general. Totally. Like if you're at the airport or if you're, you know, in a hotel room or something like that, um, any of these same th- kind of things can probably apply with the exception of maybe like your propane camp stove. Right. They're not going to be super happy with you. Uh, <laughs> Lighten that up in the airport. <laughs> we'll see about sure that. that. Yeah. <laughs> has, has 
any of any of you guys ever brewed up an AeroPress on a plane? Yeah. Heck yeah, I have. Yes. <laughs> really? I actually, I brewed one with Liz Chai uh, for the first time when we were going to Portland, and we did not have filters. We brought everything but filters, and so we no. had to use we had to use little airplane napkins, and it, it worked. It wasn't bad. That's not the worst option. It wasn't bad. We just had to carefully press down. Do you just ask it them was, for hot water, or how do you go about getting water for that? Oh yeah, or, I know. We just asked for hot water and an extra cup. And Brian, you've taken like your Zojerusi. Zojirushi before, right? Just to like the Starbucks when she go through the gate and say like, "Hey, can you fill me up with hot water?" And then you take oh, yeah. that on the plane with you. I so far I've not actually brewed on the plane, but like yeah, in the in the terminal or whatever, I'll just um, grab some hot water from whatever coffee shops around, and I'll I'll make an AeroPress right on the floor, oh, waiting yeah. for the waiting for the plane. Always a good um, option. I've always been scared of the turbulence that I'm just going to knock that sucker right off into my lap. It's a real fear. It's a real thing. My first um, airplane AeroPress, I was uh, at the point where I flipped it over and I was starting to press down. Oh, so you inverted it too? Oh, what a daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, how else am I supposed to get a proper contact time? Come on. Um, So I flip it over and I'm starting to press it down and I have my tray table down just, you know, like for stability. But mostly I'm holding the cup in my hand and pressing down with my other hand. And the guy in the seat in front of me, all of a sudden, no warning, just reclines his seat back all the way. Yes. Oh, that was a really frightening moment in my oh, life. Man. I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a hashtag or some group for this as well. I think it's like the Mile High Mile Aero High Press Club. Yeah. yeah. They should have a hashtag so. for when you, ha- when you have one of those fails and just be bruised, bruised, right? But one's with the R-E-W-S <laughs> and the other one's the R-U-I-S-E. Bruise, bruise. Sign me up for that. um and hey brian so you um obviously like if we're talking about hotel coffee you know all the same rules apply like stuff that's you know really easy to uh to take with you what do you do because i know you travel a lot for work what do you do when you actually get you know you're looking for hot water i to be honest when i travel i have to i have to bring electric kettle and that's that's just me like when i it normally if i stay in a hotel i'm staying for several nights so i make sure that i have my electric kettle but in terms of brewing devices i'll either i'll have my aeropress and the kalita that's all that i take the metal kalita that's all i take with me Unbreakable. i usually have a travel yeah. cup or i'll get whatever cups are there if i need hot water in a hotel sometimes i'll just brew water without i'll brew in the coffee maker in the hotel room straight into the pot and use that hot water but i prefer to use i was just about to say the coffee pots in the ho- in the hotel room we utilize those a bit on a road trip um, this summer because it's it's just there it just makes hot water for you it's great. As we sort of wrap up here, any sort of like tips or things you want to throw out for people, things that you've learned, stuff that to avoid. Kind of just go with the flow. Yeah, literally. Like if you aren't if you aren't having fun, then like what's the point of brewing outside? Uh, don't. Don't take people brewing outside with you who are high stress. Yeah, um, and I not. here's my thing. I brew with a scale at my house, but when you're brewing outside, like leave the scale at home. Use your senses. Like ask grandmother Willow. Brew. Ask grandmother Willow because you know how to brew your coffee with the colors of the wind. 
This is the Pocahontas? Yeah. Please, somebody start singing this song. <laughs> <laughs> of all the colors of the wind. Sorry, we changed the words to you can brew with all the colors of the wind. I, I don't believe yes. it unless you sing it. I mean, I think the one photo in my mind that stands out from your site more than anything else is the, uh, I think, think it's Bethany doing, like, sort of a one-legged flamingo, <laughs> like, yoga pose oh, yeah. or whatever. So, the story behind that, we were at this park called Kelly Point, and all of the rocks were, like, super big and craggy, and we couldn't find a level place to brew, so I was, like... I was already, like, kind of zenning it, just standing in the water holding my cup and everything in my hand, and my sister was photographing me, and I was like, you know, I have a ballet background. Jill. It was it was great. <laughs> I was always told For if sure. you were out and you're standing while you're brewing that you're going to have an outstanding brew. Hey. Oh, snap. I really like that. <laughs> and on that note... Uh... <laughs> Why don't you guys tell us, uh, as we wrap up, where we can find you online. Megan, where how, where are you on social media? I'm on the Twitter, uh, at CoffeeFanalo, and then on Instagram, it's Coffee underscore Fanalo. All right, and Bethany, where can we find you online? Um, I am on Twitter at B underscore Harg, that's B underscore H-A-R-G, and on Instagram, I am Bethany 1.0. All right, well, we... Really appreciate you guys being on the on the podcast with us. Thanks for having us. Thank you for inviting us. As part of the podcast, we also like to throw out the hashtag IBMOC talk. We haven't brought it up in a couple of episodes as we've yep. just been doing some chit chat. However, if anybody has been doing some wild and crazy outdoor brewing or travel brewing or whatever, uh, tag hashtag IBMOC talk on there so we can get in there and look at what you guys have been doing. If you have any AeroPress or other brew fails, please make sure you hashtag brews brews. Oh, <laughs> yes. here we go. I, we also have one more Instagram. Now that Instagram has added an easy account swap feature, we will be posting to it more. Um, it's just places we brew on Instagram. I gotta follow yes. that. Oh, epic. All one more. Right Double tap the Insta G's. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't posted anything on it yet, Megan. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, and thank you, everybody, for listening. We are on Instagram at iBrewMyOwnCoffee. We're also on Twitter at BrewMyOwnCoffee. Um, if you want to send us an email, you have any questions or feedback for the show, uh, go to iBrewMyOwnCoffee.com and click the Contact Us link at the top of the page. Um, if you go to iBrewMyOwnCoffee.com slash 34, that's the episode notes for this show. And we'll have links to everything we talked about, including all the hashtags you can use in the coming weeks and months. Uh, on all of your silly outdoor brewing posts and and such things. Um, Thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next episode, wherever you're at, brew well. Good night, everybody. That was a great outro.